worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally. We have a special treat for today's show as local sports historian Curtis Phillips joins us to discuss his induction into the ACAC Hall of Fame. Joining me in studio here today is Curtis Phillips, a bit of a sports historian here in Fort McMurray. Curtis, how are you doing here today? Very good. It's a, a great day, and we were talking about that you're going to be covering the Briar in Regina. That should be really neat to hear them screaming, sweep, 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 hard, hard, hard. <laughs> well, uh, curling, definitely one of my uh, favorite sports, uh, Curtis, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit later on here, but uh, first things first, uh, you got inducted into the ACAC Hall of Fame here recently. Uh, what's that like to now be inducted into that Hall of Fame? Well, it's the Alberta College's Athletic Conference, uh, and this is their 60th year, and they had their first induction uh, 10 years ago for their 50th year. And uh, I have the honor of being inducted as a builder, uh, and we will be representing Keanu uh, uh, College in the regional municipality Wood Buffalo in Fort McMurray. And it's strange because sports comes from osmosis, from my father, and so sports has been my livelihood. So you, it's strange to be recognized for such. And you try not to get a big head. My, my brother put it in perspective. Uh, my big brother, he phoned and said, well, uh, this is your third sports hall of fame you're being inducted to. You still have four more to catch dad. So, you know, so you, you don't look at it as uh, it's a nice recognition but it's just part of your being, who you are, and you don't do it for such, but it is nice recognition, and I've had the honor of covering the Cano College Huskies since uh, 1985, and then the Alberta College Athletic Conference since 1982. Yeah, I do understand that uh, your career began in 1982. Take us back to that time. What was covering sports like back then? Well, in 1976, I, w I started writing. I was covering sports in uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, and I was covering for the various uh, newspapers uh, with the main concentration in high school sports and basketball, which is my uh, my best knowledge is within the basketball history of, of Canada. And um, so I went to play basketball in the States for a couple of years, and then I started getting writing full-time for the papers and they, as a freelancer. They said, go, go there somewhere small where you can get your degree. I didn't have a journalism degree. Get your degree for six, seven months. And I, I applied for a couple of places. I had uh, applications go in and a couple of responses. And I saw Fort McMurray. And my dad said, go to Fort McMurray because you're isolated. It's a new community. It's building. And he gave me the best advice ever. He says, when you go there, you treat the local basketball players like they're in the NBA. You treat the local flag football, there wasn't football then, high school football, like they're in the NFL, the local baseball, like they're in the Major League Baseball, or the local hockey players, be it the Oil Bears, like they're in the NHL. So I've never forgot that. Did 1982 Curtis Phillips ever think you'd be getting honored like this in three different Hall of Fames? You don't think that. 
you, you don't think that because you wake up every day thinking, what can you do today? You know, what, what's uh, what's opportunity? What sporting events going to happen? Uh, how can you enrich life for somebody? And I, I always believe uh, that inside the each and every child lies the dedication and energy to achieve in sport, and it takes somebody's responsibility to have that key to open that door. And I, I've been blessed that I've been involved in print journalism, electronic journalism, coaching. Um, announcing and organizing and also as an athlete so it's just it's just a way of life you do seven days a week and you do year-round even when you're on holidays maybe talk about how sports have you know changed in Fort McMurray over the years I imagine it's been of a bit of a dramatic shift back and forth uh, over the, those years well in the first years 1982 when I came you have to realize that you know really Fort McMurray wasn't on the map till 1968 when the oil sands started here so the first athletes I'm writing a book uh, a couple books one is the history of sports in Fort McMurray and it's going to be published by the Wood Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame and We've had athletes here since the early 1900s. Like our our first great athlete was uh, uh, Violet May. She was the wife of Watt May, the pilot, and she owned the best jumping horse in North America in 1932. And she lived here. They didn't take the horse down with them you know, on the biplanes, but the horse was there. And in 1982, there was a um, a lot of sports you don't see today. We were champions in Gaelic football, field hockey, cricket was huge. So a lot of those sports came to town, but the attrition, what happens because of the community, a lot of people come and leave in the community. So for example, I saw somebody start in the flag football league and somebody says, oh, this is the first time we had flag football. This is the seventh time we've had reincarnation of flag football. So the, 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 the downfall of sports in Fort McMurray is that some sports will come to fruition and then the key individual leaves and the sport dies. And believe it or not, Ryan, in 1982, there was more sports offered in Fort McMurray than we have now. Because then you had underwater hockey, water polo, synchronized diving, Gaelic football, netball, fencing, taiko, uh, um, uh, Aikido. We, at one time, we had 11 different martial arts in the community, so there's less sports now in 2024 than there is 2000, then in 1982, and a lot of that has to deal with, A, we had um, uh, slow pitch, a mixed slow pitch come in, that just destroyed fastball and softball, gone, and then we had the interaction on computers and then the big thing gyms opening up for people to exercise so a lot of sports disappeared and i think you know it's great if you're interested in sports start something new and i wonder uh, what role has sports played in shaping fort mcmurray into the city it is today because i imagine it has played a role oh huge huge um 2000 was the not the top of the mountain, near the top of the mountain for us, because today's always going to be, and tomorrow's always the best day is going to come. In 2000, we, run, we won the Royal Bank Cup, defeating Rayside Belfort Sabercats. And that was a dream team for the Fort Murray Old Barons. That the, uh, the Royal Bank Cup was symbolic of Junior A supremacy hockey in Canada. And the main thing is, majority of those kids from that team went on to post-secondary or professional sports, and it started here in Fort McMurray, Alberta, for them. Do you, how do you see sports changing in the years to come in our area? Oh man, that's that's an easy question. Esports, yeah. esports. Um, I, I always said that would be 
a neat sport to have, you know, thinking outside the box. And that's one thing uh, my my father taught me is to think outside the box. I'll be real quick on that is because I attended the Canadian Federation of Museums for Sports Halls of Fame, and we started the Sports Hall of Fame here in Fort McMurray. And what our Sports Hall of Fame has, it has not the mainstream sports, it has the whole we try to cover the whole spectrum. There's over 3,500 different sports or recreational activities in the world. And to choose just basketball or volleyball or the main four, our Sports Hall of Fame has world champions, Mike Klippestein, over 30 world champions of jet ski racing, uh, Al Hancock, who's a mountaineer. And so I explained that to other Sports Hall of Fames. And then I think it was Nova Scotia Sports Hall of Fame sent, we inducted a guy from badminton. So all sports are worthy, and I see eSports coming on big. I see combat sports changing. Uh, I, I see it happening, combat sports, where one day we could get back to the gladiator-type sports because uh, just the way society is looking for different things to attract them. We'll be back with more next on Fort McMurray Matters. Welcome back to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm your host, Ryan McNally, and we continue our conversation in studio with Curtis Phillips. You mentioned basketballs, your maybe favorite sport to cover or talk about. Maybe just talk about why that is. Well, at the age of, uh, my father um, ran the uh, International Summer Sports Camp for 60 summers. And so at the age of six, I got to see the greatest coaches in the world in 1962. They would come to these camps because it was the first camp to be co-ed. We'd have, you know, at sometimes 13 different sports of the 2,000 athletes. So it was a gathering place for all coaches. And I got, got to see all the sports, you know, basketball, volleyball, soccer, equestrian, gymnastics, and, and with the greatest coaches and athletes. And then when I was 12 years old, I was watching TV in Winnipeg, Manitoba. There's an electrical storm. I was watching Johnny Quest onto the TV, came a gentleman named Wilt Chamberlain playing on the basketball court. I was 12 years old, found love with the sport. That Christmas, my dad took to me my first games. We drove from Winnipeg to Chicago and Milwaukee to see Wilt play against Lou Alcindor, who was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar then. And since then, I became fascinated with the sport. I have the opportunity to uh, be a provincial all-star and play on the uh, top team. And then I played in the States for a while, making a living playing horse and trick shots. And then I became interesting in the history of sport basketball. So my greatest claim, I guess not to fame, but just is correcting history in basketball. Uh, uh, at the Springfield... Uh, Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame. I phone all the time with corrections and, you know, on different athletes or different things. So you're, you're not getting paid money for it. You're spending thousands of hours researching. And when you find something different, you go, aha. And the big one was Dr. James Naismith, the inventor of basketball. For 90 years, they called him Dr. James A. Naismith. And by chance in 1979 or 80, I talked to his one surviving daughter, Helen Dodd, in St. Louis. And she said, my dad never had that middle initial. So I was a, it was a pilgrimage for me to change that. And so it got changed in all the encyclopedias, all the books. It's a long story why it happened. But it's fun for me to always find a mistake or a fact and then correct it. And that's the downfall of media now is people simply copy and paste what they see. They don't do research. And that's a big thing that annoys me is people not doing the research. Yeah, and, you know, even from our perspective too in in media like it's it's become a bit of a too fast too furious kind of a world right where it's just we're we're more worried about being first than we are about being correct yeah and and i was in that game for 30 years and you know you have deadlines and everything like that and 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 the thing is you always have to be in that career you have to be trustworthy you have to be if you have a friend that makes mistakes an athlete 
you and he makes a mistake, you have to report that, but you have to have that strong relationship so it remains with them. And uh, it, just with the Alberta College Athletic Conference, uh, we started in 1982 covering them because we'd have athletes outside the community who played here, were playing for teams for them. And then when they joined in 1985, uh, we were covering them both uh, for the TV station and newspaper, so I'd be at the newspaper writing stories for the ACAC, and at the same time volunteering to announce on the local TV station. And then when I left the newspaper, I would announce for the local TV station and write free for the paper. So that's really changed. The coverage now is is not as in depth, and it's whereas before it would take us three four hours to set up a mobile for TV coverage. And two hours take down, now you just walk in and it's just a computer and a camera. I imagine you've seen some pretty iconic and memorable moments covering sports here in Fort McMurray. You mentioned the uh, RBC Cup in 2000 is one of those memories. Uh, Do you have one or two more that come to mind over your years? Well, the the Royal Bank Cup was the first one where I, I cried. You know, I was so proud of the community, and I'm the type of person that I knew I was a bit different with sports when in high school we won the provincial championship and everybody was jumping up and down. I jumped up and down for five minutes and then I decided to run home because I had track and field coming up. So I ran home from the university. So I celebrate for a little bit and then you go on to the next venture. And so memory-wise, um, Dwayne Vigilance winning the or uh, uh, placing for the national championships uh he grew up here his dad are Compton, his dad Compton Vigilance uh is in the Wood Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame this past year and he was a great basketball and soccer referee and a coach and see, to see Dwayne who had the opportunity to coach run out and hug his dad the first person in the audience brought tears because I knew both of saw them grow and the neat thing is with Channel College Tommy Sloan, who's the women's volleyball coach, I had the opportunity to coach. Keegan Kerr, who's the men's volleyball coach, I had the opportunity to coach. And uh, uh, Dwayne Vigilance, who's the uh, women's basketball coach, I had the opportunity to coach. So it's kind of neat to see these kids who you coached now becoming men and giving back and creating future leaders. And the other story, Ivan Karteff, uh, he played for the Huskies at seven one and a half. He was the tallest post-secondary volleyball player in the world at the time for the Huskies. We had a chance of getting his brother the next year, who was seven two, but he went to Mount Royal and stayed there from France. And for Ivan, it was really tough because. Everywhere he went, people would say, how tall are you, how tall are you, how tall are you, <laughs> even adults without fail. And so we ran a, uh, um, I volunteered to run an outreach program for the Huskies where we went to all the schools. And I brought him and a number of athletes, and he just, he started getting out of his uh, shell. And he started becoming more, uh, more uh, confident in his social abilities because I'd tell him, i say, well, if somebody asks you to play basketball, Molly will say, no, say you play the piano. And so one day, right away, some kid, hey, how tall are you? play basketball? And he turned around and says, no, I play the piano. And he had a big smile on his face. <laughs> so he, he came within himself. And that's what's great about the Alberta College Athletic Conference is you get to see these people coming in as young men and young women, 17 and 18. Then you get to see them mature physically and mentally and socially over the next four or five years and then go on to still contribute to society. And that's the great thing about the AC. I think that's just the great thing about sports too is you get to see the person as opposed to just the athlete. Mm-hmm. Is that is that a good way of thinking about it? Oh yeah, anytime Ryan you go to events uh, that winning of the championship is momentarily. It's a moment. 
But when you go to where they're giving out the awards at the event, and I've seen this for decades, when they show pictures of the screen, the biggest smiles and laughs come when they see themselves socializing with their teammates. And that's what life is about. Sports, all this stuff is just momentary things filling in gaps. And it's the relationships they, they develop through sports. Because in sports, you fail. Always. Because in academia, if you get 40 or 50% in school, your mom and dad are on your case. If you get 40 or 50% in sports, you're a superstar. If you're scoring, if you're shooting 50% in basketball, you're a superstar. If you're hitting 40% in baseball, you're a superstar. So 60% of the time, you're failing in sports. So you celebrate the wins and the victories and forget about the losses and just continue. We wrap up with Curtis Phillips next on Fort McMurray Matters. And we're back on Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Ryan McNally. We resume our conversation with Fort McMurray sports historian and new ACAC Hall of Fame member, Curtis Phillips. I got to ask, because you've been doing this for so long, who's your biggest interview and how did it come about? Well, biggest interview you mean by famous? By like fame or maybe even just your best interview. Still to come, still to come. The uh, um, I've interviewed with my uh, associate with the basketball. I had the opportunity, to, you know, interview all the greats, you know, Magic Johnson, Michael Jordan, all those guys. I even socialize with them a bit and tease them because I treat them like normal guys. Same with the hockey players. The one where I had the most fun was Hulk Hogan, and it was Hulkamania. I was interviewing him down in Edmonton, and I had my notepad and pen like this. I'm the same, near the same age as Hulk Hogan, and I'm sitting there laughing, saying. I'm talking to Hulk Hogan. That was the funniest one, was Hulk Hogan. Then I got to another funny moment, got to referee a Calgary Stampede wrestling match here in Fort McMurray. And of the 12 gentlemen who were in that ring, 10 are all dead. They're all my age. Owen Hart, uh, Brian Pillman, Davey Boysmith, Chris Benoit. They're all, so it showed you how wrestling is not a sport. It's it's, It's a rough sport to live because afterwards, a lot of those guys came home and there was one gentleman, uh, he was known as Bastin Buger in the WWE, Mike Shaw, and he was bouncing my uh, two-year-old son on his stomach, and he, here was a man, 6'5", 340 pounds from Saginaw, Michigan, crying. And I said, what are you crying for, buddy? And he goes, because I have a son this age. I'm on the road 300 days a year. So I know I, know I made the right decision. In the 1990, he was offered to, to work for the Toronto Raptors and the Vancouver Grizzlies as a PR guy. And I said no because I realized it's not glorious being on the road all that time away from home. And my goal was to be a father. So I always made sure I had time to work and be with my kids was the most important thing. So I developed where after I got home at 4, I'd work from 10 p.m. to 3 a.m. seven days a week doing my other stuff. That's uh, good to hear. And, uh, you know, something that I'm looking forward to, too, later on in the spring when uh – I welcome my little guy uh, to uh, to the world too. Well, well, Ryan, what it is when? Uh, to be honest, when I was I was called, I was on vacation when they called me for to let me know I was inducted into Alberta uh, College Athletic Conference Hall of Fame, and I said thank you very much, and and you know and it was a great honor. And then I put down the phone, and my wife says, "Were well, you not too excited?" I said, "Well, it's, it's it's a moment once again." Two minutes later, the greatest moment came. My one-year-old granddaughter said her first words, "Grandpa." And the tears are streaming down my face. And that's the greatest joy is the connection with another human being, especially a loved one. That uh, puts it in great perspective, uh, Curtis. Uh, 
Peter Mansbird shared on a podcast recently that uh, the only time he really got nervous for interviews was when he interviewed athletes. Was there one in particular that really got you nervous? No. No, got me mad. Um, I got to uh, hear this story, Curtis. Well, uh, I'm not going to mention names. No. Nope. Uh, one was a well-known hockey star. And um, the interview, you never go into a set questions. You just follow where the conversation goes. And this gentleman was using derogatory terms against First Nations and other things. And it was old school back then. Everybody laughed, thought it was well. I walked out of the interview. Another one was with a... a a quite fa- one of the most famous boxers in the world. Same thing. Uh, went in. A lot of racial overtones, sexual overtones, everything. I walked out of that because I don't have time for that. And both times the uh, the publishers of who I was writing for accepted accepted that. And I wrote a story about the interaction. You don't get nervous because, I, once again, I grew up in a sports background where I would see, at, starting at the age of six, the best coaches in the world, the best athletes in the world. So that was part of my environment. Um, well, the people I look up to more than anything are politicians because of what they have to go through and how they give to society. Uh, you mentioned you're writing a couple of sports history books on mm-hmm. Fort McMurray. What does that process entail? A lot of research. Uh, you have to go to newspaper archives, and it's fun. Like uh, with this, it's I've been working on this for several years, a couple hours a night, and I'm up to 2013 right now. And I'm finding athletes I never knew of that you know were were off the radar that left town. I'm discovering a lot of those guys that I never knew of because we didn't have that information back then, the internet or social media. Uh, it was basically person-to-person contact with your sources. And um, so that's taking a long time. I'm learning a lot of things like that. And you have to pick and choose what you put in there because, once again, hundreds of sports have been played here. And somebody may be upset, like for our Wood Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame, which had the opportunity to be one of the founding fathers, we'll get calls and one lady said, well, my son was a provincial champion in weightlifting. I said, that's great, man, but we have Shane Dixon in town who still holds a world record as a teenager for weightlifting. So it's the difference between world record and provincial record. So we have to uh, look at that. Um, and, and just in general, there's so many sports out there, and um, it's always changing. But if you have time to give back, give back. As, a, as you said, it enriches people's lives so much. What does a book like yours do to preserve the history of sports in Fort McMurray? It will I hopefully be a legacy. Uh, I think it'll be well accepted in other communities because there's the longevity there. Where here, you have the a lot of people leave town when they retire. Some people come here for only three or four years. So there's always a movement, always a change in the scenario. So this will kind of uh, put names to the the page, It'll put faces to names and facts. Because when we meet, sometimes we'll, we'll uh, have group meetings, and I'll bring up names people have never heard of them. Because in this age, in this generation, it's Facebook. If if you think you don't, if the person's not in your Facebook group, they must not be worthy. And the people that are worthy are too busy to be on Facebook. They're they're out there achieving things, and Facebook is more of a social communication too. So hopefully this will uh, bring to attention all the great athletes we've had here, give them recognition in the peripheral sports too. And I'm also writing a book on the history of Canadian basketball, and I've helped helped, uh, with the the new Canadian Basketball Hall of Fame, putting together all the alumni and everything. And I'm trying to convince them too we should get certain athletes in there because – 
uh, in the past they've focused on national team members, but in the 30s and 40s and 50s and 20s, we didn't have a national team, so all our best athletes went south. And one of them, I'll try to get in, is, is our uh, mayor, our former mayor, mayor, Don Scott. His dad, Keith Scott, has played pro basketball longer than anybody in the history of the world. His dad has played comedy basketball for 65 years. He In New Brunswick, he left when he was a young man, went to play for the House of David, the Philadelphia Spas, all these traveling teams, and this is in the 40s and 50s. And yet, then, when he retired, he came to Canada, he spent 20, 30 years going from school to school teaching about bear awareness, because he was in the wilderness all the time with bears, and comedy basketball. And so he's played more games as a professional than anybody in the world, and this is Don Scott, our former mayor's dad, so I'm trying to get him into the Basketball Hall of Fame in Canada, because in the Naismith Springfield Memorial Hall of Fame in, in Springfield, Mass., they have the Harlem Globetrotters and players like that, so we need to get Keith Scott who has connection, strong connection to Fort Murray into the Canadian Basketball Hall of Fame. That's a great connection there, uh, Curtis. Uh, when could we see these books at the shelves? The uh, the basketball, the Fort McMurray Sports Timeline will be funded by the Wood Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame. No money goes in my pocket. It's just for the funding of the book and then giving to all the schools and people so there will be no purchase. The Canadian... Um, basketball Hall of Fame. It will be digitally on um, on just digital format. And it's already in digital format, different places. Alrighty, great to hear, Curtis. Uh, anything else you'd like to add here on the this uh, interview with uh, you know talking about sports and the history in Fort McMurray? No, I I just believe you know each day we should wake up thinking how can right now I'm writing that uh, I just interviewed ten people the last two days with the Impact and 60 Award for YMMM. And I asked them, why do you wake up each morning? What gets you up? And they all said, giving back to the community or unfinished unfinished things. So you can make a paycheck, but that's just part of life. Try to find a career where you're enriching other people. Try to find a career you could, where you leave it, you could continue to do it every day so you never retire. So try to find a career, be it social or sports or culture or music, where you can help other people. Because we only go through this journey once, unless you're Buddhist, right? And so um, we only go through this journey once. So each day, try to wake up. How can you improve? How can you help? How can you assist somebody in what you are interested in? That's uh, great uh, stuff to hear, Curtis. Thank you so much for your time here today. Well, thank you very much. That was our show for today. A big thank you to Curtis Phillips for making the time to join us in studio for today's episode. On tomorrow's show, Thomas Lukasik joins us to respond to the Alberta provincial budget. Thank you for listening to Fort McMurray Matters. I'm Ryan McNally. Have a good day.